I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to The Middle with your hosts, Holly Azapati and Jordana Levine. In this week's episode, we discuss whether the big dreams we had for 2020 are still destined to unfold and what it means if they don't. We reco a hair revitalizer in the time of COVID when we're missing our regular hair appointments. Although, can you still do that? I'm pretty sure you still can. (laughs) We guess the celebrity natal chart of an angry celebrity chef and we discover how to tune into your own innate creativity. Before we dive into the app, Jord, what has been the highlight of your week this week? Oh God, I don't know. I've had a little bit of, um, I've had a bit of adrenal fatigue, so I haven't been able to do much. Not that you can do much in the time of self-isolation, but I have to say probably the middle membership wine night on Wednesday night. It was fun, wasn't it? We had a special guest, guys. We had friend of the podcast and friend in our real life, Zoe Bosco, join us. And it was so fun. Yeah. We did a live clear on George. It was great. (laughs) I know, I was thinking about that after and I was like, what the hell did I do? What have I cleared? That is crazy. Um, But it was really fun and it's getting really interactive in there and we're having regulars every Wednesday, which is really nice. So nice. It's so much fun. That I think that was the highlight of my week too, Jordan. Not just saying it is, we're not just saying it because we know you guys are listening as well. It's genuinely the highlight. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Anything else been going on for you this week? Uh, I started watching Queer Eye. Oh my gosh. You were so shocked when I had, when I told you I hadn't watched it before. Well, it's so you. I just found that really hard to believe. I love it. I'm going to what continue to watch it today actually. Yeah. That's been another highlight, George. Good. Who's your favorite queer eye? Uh Jonathan, what's his name? Van Ness. You can just call him JVN if you like. JVN is my favorite at the moment, but I've only watched 3 episodes. I'm sure it will change through the time. I don't think it will. He's the best. Really? Yeah. He's so great. <laughs> Even Trent was sitting down. He wasn't watching it with me, but he'd like catch JVN and be like, I need to watch this show. Who is this man? I'm like, yeah, yeah he's amazing. <laughs> I remember I watched Queer Eye for the first time when I was away, like the new series of Queer Eye, when I was um, in London with my mum and we were both really jet lagged and we were watching it in the hotel room on my laptop. And mum was just like, he is like JVN. He is the most handsome man I've ever seen in my life. I was like, he's beautiful. He's so beautiful. Can't even, like, I can't stand it. Do you follow him on Instagram, Holly? No, I need to. Oh, my God, you have to. He was so cute. When he was a kid, he was this little overweight ice skater. (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh, that's why he loved the episode where she was a biggest skater. He was so invested. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So good. (laughs) Well, we're finding these little pockets of joy in the time of COVID, but this kind of feeds into the conversation that we wanted to have today, George, because you and I both have been receiving literal inboxes and messages from people uh, who, I mean, kind of rightfully so, are feeling a little uncomfortable given that the end of 2019, there were all of these predictions and anticipation about 2020, new decade, set your intentions, what are you calling in, <laughs> next minute, <laughs> COVID comes crashing down and apparently it's all up in the air now. Uh, so it's been an interesting time for all of us in yeah. regards to 2020. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And um, I, as someone who did make big proclamations, I stand firm on what I said and I have not for a second wavered from my intentions for this year. And we still don't know how this year is going to play out, but if anyone's done intention setting work with Holly or I before, it's very much based on your feelings. And I don't know about you guys, but I still have access to all of my feelings. So (laughs) I'm actually probably feeling things more deeply than ever before, to be honest. Yeah, which of course is confronting to some people, but this is the time, guys, like this is the time to feel it, you know? Mm. I I don't know. I've I've really found in the last week I've settled into the new norm. Yeah. We were kind of talking about it last week, but I really 
feel like now's the time to reorganize and rejig your life to fit in with this new norm, which we know is at least for the next four weeks Mm. and kind of find the joy and the happiness and the faith in it, you know? This is it. And it's that piece around faith. And you and I were having this conversation off the potty jawed around the difference between faith and hope, because I feel that when we set our intentions uh, for a new year, it can be built on this this sense of hope and anticipation, which actually lends itself more to attachment, right? I think so. I think that faith is like a very, 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 very unwavering, deep trust and knowing mm. that's not attached to a specific outcome. It's just like, I have faith that this will unfold however it's meant to. Mm. Hope which is a great feeling. I don't think it's something that people should try not to feel, but I feel like hope is a little bit wishful and it's almost like there's expectation placed on a specific thing. Yes, that's the word expectation, Jordan. Nailed it. (laughs) I'll tell you why. I'll tell you how I know you nailed it. (laughs) Well, I actually had a look at the hope definition. You mean the definition of hope? Yeah, that one. (laughs) The Facebook. And the the hope definition, the definition of hope is a feeling. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Did you just get the Facebook? No, no, I was just still laughing at the hope definition. (laughs) The definition of hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. Yeah, okay. So when we're setting our intentions for 2020 and we're planning the big trip and going to relocate to Byron Bay and doing all these external things that we're expecting will happen and then something much bigger than us comes in the way and eradicates them, it can feel like, oh, gosh, there's no hope now. Everything that I've... Yeah. Yeah. But if you have faith, then you're like, well, it doesn't matter if a fucking tsunami washes through my town. I still have faith, you know. How does one drop into faith in a time where it feels really challenging? Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, look, faith is a practice I've been practicing for a really long time, so I don't really have a definitive answer for you. I mean, I've spoken about it on the potty so many times. I just keep coming back to the law of rhythms and the natural ebb and flow of everything in the universe Everything moves in cycles, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that tired old conversation I throw on here a lot, but that's what it is. It's like, we're just going through another cycle. And like I said before, like you can still have had intentions for the year and yeah, they might get moved around a little bit, but can you trust in the timing of your life? And we're all going through a rejigged timing. Can you have faith in that? What do you think that you're being singled out? You're not. <laughs> Absolutely. Everything's just, it, it's that space in between that our friend Rach McDonald talks about a lot. It's like the, and, and you mentioned it too, Jod, it's the pause between the inhale and the exhale. And that's where the discomfort can arise because it feels like nothing much is happening. But if you actually sit with self in this period of introspection that we've been gifted, there's a lot happening beneath our surfaces. And the ebbs and flows that we're experiencing right now are the rhythms of our feelings and our emotions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we spoke about riding the waves a couple of episodes back and how that changes day to day. But I think that we're starting to settle into a new norm. And I think it's okay to start to go, all right, well, this is what life's going to be like for a little while. And can I adjust my intentions to suit this new climate, this new lens, this new perspective. Yeah. And something that you always do, Jord, in your moon circles when intention setting is you get us to attach feeling to the intentions. So you can say, I wake up and I'm in my new home in that I've relocated to and I feel abundant, free and grounded. Now, you might not be waking up in that new home that you set the intention for this year, but you can still feel abundant, free and grounded. Yeah. It's seeking out the feelings that you attach to the intention, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you'll be surprised how if you can tune into those feelings now and be radiating those feelings now, when we get out of this and it is time to look for a new home, then that new home will just appear. 
because you're vibrating at that energy already. It's like, don't put this work on hold, do it now. And you and I both had this conversation. Now is the perfect time to actively practice shifting your energy and working on energetics. It's the perfect time. It's the perfect time. And we won't go into the specifics of it, but this week um, I manifested something outrageous in the time of COVID. Massive. Yeah. I mean, no logic would have told me that was possible. So it can still, it can still happen. There's still, there's still all that the universe hasn't changed. The universe does not have COVID. So it's still working in the same cycles that it's always worked in. Mm. And this is a, it's a growth cycle for us. It is. It's an up leveling at a universal level, which is why we're feeling things so intensely. So the way that I see this, and I feel like it's going to cater to your Virgo placements and mine in terms of an action step that people can take to, I guess, get back into that faith vibration is have a look, go back and reflect on what were the intentions I set for 2020? What were the big visions and the goals and the dreams? And then list the feelings that you had associated with them and then get clear on those feelings and actively seek them out in your day to day. Right. So what are, what were some of your intentions for 2020? Hall? My word for this year, George, was abundant. And I really was specific in I wanted it, wanted it to be financial abundance. But having reflected in the last few days about that, because I have, I do feel so abundant in ways that I was just totally missing last year. Abundant in the fact we have a house with a backyard for the dogs. Abundant in the fact that, you know, there's there's money coming in for both me and Trent right now. There's so, it's like a reframe of my definition of abundance. Me at the end of 2019 to me now has a different appreciation, I guess, of what that looks like. So I've been really sitting in that, oh, and actually um, almost from a, oh, bless, Holly last year thought abundance was flying business class back from our Europe trip in Ibiza and all of these things. And right now it's like, oh, I, I don't want any of that. That's not actually what I'm seeking. That doesn't feel fulfilling for me right now. Mm. It's been really interesting to reflect yeah. on that. Yeah. Mm, how about you? Well, it's funny. Like I feel like. I don't feel yet like I've missed out on anything in 2020. I I feel like um, I was really starting 2020 on the 1st of May when I hand my book manuscript in because it takes up so much of my time. Um, But that's coming around in two weeks and there will be a reality of I thought I would be travelling overseas Mm. um, and I just, well, that's just not on the cards anymore. I also was hoping to take a bit of time off work, but the the way that the economy is going at the moment, I can't really afford to do that. No. Um, and, you know, this was, this was the year that I really get serious about relationships and that's yeah. also been put on hold. So I, um, I've had to sort of rejig everything, but I still have deep faith in all of those things coming around. Mm. I still have faith in the success of, um, you know, my books. Like a lot of people have said, oh, people are going into bookstores. I'm like, no one ever went into bookstores. No. Like the biggest retailer of books is online anyway. So it doesn't really make a difference to book sales. Um, And, yeah, I don't know. I still feel feel a deep sense of faith in all of it, even the relationship stuff. Like, yeah, the timeline might have moved a little, but perhaps it's moved for a reason. Yeah. And this is that trust piece when it comes to divine timing. And it's, I know it's a frustrating buzzword that gets thrown around in our circles, but surrendering to what we cannot control. And, we, and we've spoken about this in episodes in the past, Jord, of just allowing yourself to, I mean, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago too, ride the waves. And it just, it's this word that keeps coming in my head. It's just allow, allow, allow rather than resist and just let life happen for you for a little bit. Because for lots of us, we like to have both hands on the steering wheel and one on the accelerator and brake, and we maneuver it all. This is a weird analogy, but it's all under our own control. And sometimes, sometimes you have to catch an Uber and let someone else drive the car for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) That analogy started out okay. Like it actually started out okay, and then it just went really wrong. Questioning it. I'm so sorry. So you were like, this simple analogy of driving a car isn't enough. How can I Leo it up? I know. (laughs) Let's be performative with this. 
what I do feel like many of us are maybe avoiding, myself included, Jordan, you called me on this last week in personal discussions, is this period of introspection where we're fully aware that this is what we've been gifted and we can say all the right things of, oh, it's time to slow down and it's time to tune in and do the inner work. But are we actually doing it? And I know for me, the answer has been, oh, no, I've been avoiding that at all costs. So this week especially has been looking at, okay, where can I do the inner work on myself so that when we are on the other side of this, I've created some emotional foundations, some soul shifts, and even in the context of simple things like my word abundance, like financial foundations, that when I step on the other side, I'm ready to go as opposed to feeling like I need to catch up. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's a lot. It, and I think everyone's got different circumstances. Like, you know, I understand that there's people with kids at home and like working through your own shit when you actually have to deal with children is probably oh. not an ideal setup. No. And also in the same vein, like I find like, oh, I, I'm on my own. So I can, I've definitely got time to deal with my shit, but as I'm dealing with it, I've got to process it on my own. And that yeah. can also feel really uncomfortable. So it's it's being kind to yourself and and giving yourself space and time and we've got plenty of time but mm. not avoiding it that's the thing because avoiding it is the easiest thing to do and we like we get sneaky and creative about it don't we because we're having the conversations and I'm talking about myself here it feels like I'm doing the work but having the conversations is not doing the work Mm-mm. it's stopping the conversations and actually going inward so and what is doing the, the work shit. Holly well for me, it's looked like uh, looking at the ways that I've been avoiding sitting with myself and slowing down. And I've gone back to my old habits of, oh, I'm so busy. I've got so much on. There's so much work happening, which is not the truth at all. It's a blatant <laughs> lie to myself, but it's a really nice deflection of having to actually sit in space and reflect. So what I've done is I've actually taken a leaf out of your book this week, George. Uh, you've mentioned it a couple of times that you've just been sitting with music playing and doing nothing else and putting your phone in a sock and putting it to the side. Those sorts of things have been paramount for me this week in actually getting some headspace to fathom what is going on beneath the surface. Mm. You know, it's been power- the sitting with music and nothing else. I, I get goosebumps when I do that. Yeah. I was watching um, Shiva's video this week and she talked us through a few different tarot cards. Have you watched it yet? No, I haven't. Well, she was saying, like, aside from the tarot reading she did, she was saying that she's really just had to take the time, switch off from social and just find a lot of quiet time because she's getting some really, really big downloads. Mm. And in order to process them, she needs to be able to give herself space to do so. So she can't be on her phone and she can't be watching TV and she just has to create the space for the downloads to come through. Mm. And I think that's also so profound, you know. Absolutely. If you're not allowing the space for them to drop, then you are going to feel overwhelmed and not even understand why. Mm. How about you, George? What are some practices? I mean, I stole one of yours, so you can't say that one. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about it. Uh, finish the sentence. What is, what are some practices you're doing to honor introspection and acknowledge what's processing beneath the surface for you? Um, yeah, look, I'm probably not doing enough of it either. Um, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I'm dealing with like a whole host of things at the moment, which I find it really hard to just be introspective about. Yeah. I'm on the deadline of this book, which is just doing my head in. And I'm also happen to be suffering from adrenal fatigue at the moment. So I can't, I can't do much outside of my home. Um, So ordinarily I would say like walking on the beach and Mm. just listening to the sound of the waves and not having music or a podcast in. Mm. Um, But that's not an option. So what's another example? I think, um, I allow my, because my mind doesn't switch off ever, and I know Mm. most people say that about themselves, but I just have a natal chart that's all up (laughs) in your head. Totally. I, um, I get curious with where my thoughts are going and I follow, I follow them around a bit, Mm. um, in, in a way that serves me. So I get curious about why I'm feeling a certain way or why I had that certain thought around that certain incident 
What does that mean? How does that make me feel? Would it make me feel different if I thought a different way? You know, like I've been doing that, Mm. which is maybe exhausting, but it does get me deeper into self-reflection and it's been quite eye-opening in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that it sounds like a form of almost root cause analysis, Jord. It's something that, you yeah, know. Yeah, just in a less, like, analytical way. But it's just getting curious with why you feel a certain way or, or why you're having a certain reaction around a certain thing, you know. Mm, mm, totally. I think that's important because now more than ever is a time to actually start to understand your inner workings and why you think the way you think and and where your mind goes when it feels threatened or in a fear state because Mm. natural responses I was talking to a listener I won't say who who at the beginning of all of this unfolding noticed that her old tendencies towards you know you leave the house and oh god is the stove on or you go to bed at night and you're double checking that you've turned off the whatever it is it's interesting the way your mind just resorts back to those um, almost, I guess not obsessive, but fear-based ways of thought when you are so holed up in, uh, I guess, it, it is that extra fight and flight response. And noticing, okay, this is interesting. This is a pattern that my mind does when I'm feeling more threatened than usual. doesn't make it right or wrong, but how cool that I can acknowledge it and then work on it and move through it. Mm. Yeah. What would you say, George, to the people who are messaging us and emailing us saying, oh, God, 2020, it's not what we thought it would be. Do we change every prediction we've made for the year ahead? What would you say to them? I would say no. I would say you're, you're actually being gifted a massive opportunity to pivot and to learn from this. Like, it's like I said before, or maybe I didn't, maybe I said it off the call, but like, we get so bloody comfortable with the intentions that we set thinking that they're going to play out in the environment in which we set them. But yeah. life doesn't work like that. No, exactly. You know, so I think I still think 2020 is going to be a huge year and I'm not wrong. I mean, it's the hugest no. any of us will have ever seen in our entire lives. And <laughs> exactly. This is what I was saying to a girlfriend the other day. I'm like, for all of the heaviness and the darkness and the fear and all of that emotion collectively we've experienced in 2020, the law of, is it the law of polarity, which says that there's going to be so much light and joy and opportunity on the other side. It's got to balance out. It's yeah. cause and effect, right? Well, they're, so th- they're two separate laws, but yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There, well, it is, there is cause and effect, but there's, it's also the law of polarity that says if you're going to sit in one extreme, then the only way to balance that out is for the other extreme to come through. Yeah. And this is a piece you and I have talked about in our own um, personal lives, drawn around having things to look forward to. And that's the piece that both you and I have said, oh, that's a, that's a struggle at times because if you've got the trip booked in or you've got the move set or you've got the new job planned out and then that's ripped away again, that it's that almost anticipation or excitement that we're lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can still look forward to what you are going to be feeling on the other side of this, you know? Yeah, but I, I, I would even say maybe let's not try and look forward to the things that happen after this. Let's try and find things to look forward to. You know, because it's like we don't know when it's going to end, and why should we be putting our hope? And this is hope in this sense. Why should we be putting our hope on hold? You know, like, and and I don't mean like I look forward to lunchtime and a lunch dessert, but like (laughs) I look forward to I don't know learning more about myself. I look Mm. forward to finishing this book and see what manifests after it. I look Mm -hmm. forward to. Um, yeah, I don't know when the, when the weather changes again and it's cooler in the afternoons and I can go for an afternoon walk and not worry about getting hot in the sun. I look forward to, you know, there's a million things. It's almost the way that you're saying that it's like, it's an extension of your gratitude practice. So I'm grateful for these things today. And then I'm looking forward to these things as well. And collectively that would shift energy on another level. Yeah, I think so. I think, look, we're, we're very lucky in Australia and I know that we have some listeners overseas and in America and New York specifically and I know that you guys are in a very different situation to yeah, us. We're absolutely. very, very, very lucky. Yeah. And I know that it's probably a little harder for you guys to find mm. hope and faith, but I, mm. I really 
do want you to come back to that cyclical energy and thinking of it from that perspective. And also, you know, finding the feelings, like Holly said, finding the feelings that you wanted to feel in 2020 in different ways within the confines of your home. Beautiful. Love that, Jord. What's your reco for the week? Oh, my God. My reco for the week is a, well, I just want to put a caveat on this. Holly, you're not going to be excited about it. If anyone doesn't have blonde hair, you're not going to be excited about it. Sorry. That's fine. But if you have blonde hair, and like me, it gets quite brassy, which tends to happen if you've got any kind of warmth or red in your hair. Mm. Um, not visiting the hairdresser to get your locks refreshed can really impact them. And I, I know that hairdressers are still open, but I actually don't know anyone that's going to them. No, no. I just, anyway, I, we won't even go into that story. But it's, it's a purple hair mask. So it's a toner, purple hair mask from Bondi Boost. Now, Bondi Boost are known for their hair growth products, and I've okay. used quite a bit of their hair growth products, and they do actually work. I had to stop really? using them because I needed my hair to stop growing and because I can't get it cut. So um, they're really good, and they're natural. So there's no parabens, no sulfates, no phosphates, nothing. But I will just say that I did notice in the purple hair mask, there's like a billion essential oils in there, but then they also put fragrance in. It really annoys me when they do that because I'm like, you don't need yes. to put it in. You got all the essential no. oils in there. It's weird, isn't it? Why it's do they so do that? Weird. I don't know. But little FYI, I don't use any natural hair products. I love Kerastars. It's my favorite. So it's, it's, it's hard it. to find hair products that are natural and actually perform really, really yeah, hard. Yeah, they don't perform. Like they'll clean, but they're not putting protein in and they're not strengthening it. And they're not. Yes. Yeah. yeah Can you really explain hard. to me, just because I am a brunette gal in a blonde hair world, um, what is the deal with purple? Why purple? It's just, it neutralizes the color. Like it tones out the yellowness. Like, you know, on a color wheel, mm. I'm pretty sure purple and yellow are opposite each other. So okay. it kind of cancels the yellow out. It makes it a little bit more silvery. Ah. Um, yeah. So it's not, it, well, it's not dyeing your hair. It's like taking... It's toning it. It's toning it down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I've always wondered that. Anyway, so this purple hair mask is great. You pop it on, I think they say once a week. You have a shower, pop it on for five minutes, rinse it off, and my blonde locks look like i just gone to the hair salon. Your hair looks amazing. It really Thanks. does. I mean, not so much today, but the day that I did it, it looked amazing. Oh, I love it. Thanks. So cool. What would happen if I used it? Would it fuck my hair? Yeah, I probably wouldn't use it. <laughs> I mean, you've just got no reason to, Holly. This is not about you. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> just wanted to relate to the record. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I mean, I'll come up with another hair mask another time for you. It's fine. Thank um, you. <laughs> what's your reco this week? So this week my reco is a female comedian, Jord, and I found her through Benny Drama 7 on Instagram, our favourite <laughs> astrologer comedian. I don't think that's his technical name. <laughs> so she's the chick that he brings into all of his skits anytime he needs a woman. Her name is Mary Beth Barone on Instagram. Yeah. And she describes herself as a problematic comedian. Love it. I ended up in a hole for about an hour watching all of her skits that she shared on her Instagram page. She apparently goes live on Instagram live 7 p.m. the state's time. So I don't know what time that is our time, but she does her live skits and her show is called drag his ass and it's a show dedicated to calling out fuck boys and fuck boy culture she is she's aggressive like aggressive dry funny she's a gemini (laughs) she's a gemini with a sagittarius moon and sagittarius rising and that just explains it all whoa that's heavy She's so funny, guys. If you're looking for just something to lighten your feed, I actually haven't done a big Google search online at all, but her content on her Instagram are enough for me for now, and she's gold. Really, really funny. Makes me laugh out loud. So what's her Instagram? Mary Beth Barone, B-A-R-O-N-E. So, Holly, this week's Celebrity Natal Chart is in vain of Australian MasterChef starting last week. Um, so, guess the Celebrity Natal Chart of Gordon Ramsay. Such a good one, George. Such a good, a good chart one. chart, too. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited about him. I was watching, Trent and I watched the first step. I need to catch up on the others. 
But I was saying to Trent, God, he's not putting that on. He's an angry man. Like he's not putting oh, yeah. it on for the cameras. Like no, he when gets he's in up. the kitchen. Yeah. yeah, he's worked up. There's there's anger. So I'm going to say that he has at least one fire placement. No. But okay. I wonder what his, his Mercury Mars is. is. Oh, no, yeah. Not his Mercury. <laughs> his Mars. Um, I don't know. I'll figure it out. But figure that out. Going. Okay. No fire. Interesting. Mm. Okay. His rising is. I mean, he's charismatic and he's a communicator, so there's got to be an air placement. Are you yes. asking the question? Yeah, you... is there an air placement? There is an air placement. Is it his rising? Yes. Yeah. Okay, we'll park that. I also feel that there's a sensitivity to him because he gets really worked up over little things. Okay. Uh, and I would say that that means that there's a moon water placement, water no. moon. Okay. No. Well, I don't think he's a water sun, so no water. No, that's wrong. He's a water sun. Yes. Okay, water sun, air rising. Is he double air? No. Earth moon. Yes. Okay, fuck, we're getting there. <laughs> mm. Air rising. I don't see Aquarius in him at all. And... Oh, Libra. Gemini rising. Gemini rising. Beautiful. Okay. That, I guess that's kind of close to fire as well. Yeah. And you can see that in him, right? Because he can be really, really sweet too. Yeah. Yeah. But also quite angry. Yeah. I want you to think about, for his moon, I want you to think about what would make him so angry in the kitchen. Oh, Virgo moon. Yeah. Yeah, because he likes order, precision, in on time. Yeah. Right. Because the, the obvious thing would have been to say Taurus because he likes food. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Virgo moon, Gemini rising. Oh, my wow. God, it's me. <laughs> Is it Jordana Levine? <laughs> uh, and, uh, okay, so is Cancer, Pisces, or, oh, Scorpio. <laughs> he's a Scorpio. Yeah. Oh, wow. Scorpio, Virgo moon. Gemini rising. He is his natal chart. Right? Totally. Yeah. Did you find what his Mars is? No, it's this stupid website. Let me find another website. I hate the ones where they hide the info. Well, it's just annoying, isn't it? I reckon he's Aries for Mars. Oh, we have to tell the Zac Efron story. Oh, yeah. Do you want to tell (laughs) it? Yeah, guys. So why were we talking about Zac Efron? talking about Zac Efron oh we were talking about High School Musical because I haven't seen it can you guys believe Jordan has not seen High School Musical but then you sang me a song from it and I was like (laughs) oh I know that song we're all in this together anyway that's George's homework this ISO to watch High School Musical and then George was saying how much she loves Zac Efron and I was like I swear to god Zac Efron has a Virgo moon because all my Virgo friends have a crush on Zac Efron Jess Katie you and then Jordan looked it up and she's like, you're right, he does have a Virgo moon. Yeah, it was crazy. What are the um, chances? Uh, Gordon Ramsay's Mars is in Virgo. How boring. Sorry, Hal. Really? Yeah. My Mars is Virgo too. It's so boring. But his Venus is in Scorpio. We'd actually be a really good match. Yeah, he'd keep you on your toes. He'd keep you interested. Yeah. He's quite spicy. My sister has a crush on him. She's like, oh, hall pass. I don't have a crush on him at all. Like there's nothing about him that I have a crush on. Oh, I reckon he's a bit sexy in a weird way. See, I I kind of don't see that. I don't know why. Yeah. Oh. I don't like being yelled at. Like that's not exciting Neither do I. Neither do I. I don't mind like being in a yelling match, like having an argument, but I don't like being yelled at. Yeah. You know? Do you used to like spin classes ever? Because they oh yell my god, I love spin like, classes. Like, come on, go, get it. Yeah, go. I actually do love that. I do love mm. that. Mm. I guess because there's a result at the end. If someone's just yelling at you for yelling's sake, yeah. I mean, I just don't respond well to that. At, I can't. at all. 
I don't yell. I, I'm one of those, I guess it also depends where your Mars is, but I'm just like very meticulous and cutting with my words instead. Oh, wow, that sounds delicious. <laughs> it's horrible. How delightful. <laughs> Poor Trenny, especially when his Mars is in Pisces. I just, I think I'm quite, I just think I'm quite evil at the heart of it. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I just think I'm evil. And that's, that's it. With my Mars in Scorpio. Fuck. Just evil. Sorry, guys. But you're also really funny and really smart. Thanks. That's okay. how I hook them in. And then yeah. I'm like, hey. <laughs> I will sting you. <laughs> So, George, I have started and then stopped and then started and then stopped, but now committed to reading The Artist's Way. I know. I feel like you've spoken about it a lot on here. Oh, fuck. I probably even recorded it. Who knows? But I'm going to do my Sundays as reading the next chapter. For those of you who are unsure of what The Artist's Way is, it's a book that is actually a written out program to tap into your creativity. And Elizabeth Gilbert, I know I bring her up all the time, but she uh, acknowledges that in Completing the Artist's Way, that's how Big Magic was born. And, Jord, I know you go back to teachings from the Artist's Way when you're having creative kind of challenges with your writing. Mm. So I thought we could have a conversation around how to access creativity because it's a it's a common thing that I think a lot of people, I see it with my clients, oh, I'm not creative, I'm not yeah. a writer, I'm not, you know? Totally. Um, do you think you're innately creative, Holt? No, no, I think, I think I like creating, but it's not something that just comes naturally to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. I think I'm innately creative. Mm. I think my Virgo moon gets in the way of it a lot. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, I do think I'm innately creative. It comes out in different ways. Like it comes out in my cooking. It comes out in like my home. And definitely my writing. Yes. Um, but I'm not creative in like, well, I mean, there's so many ways to look at it, isn't there? I, I'm not creative in like with art or like painting or pottery or anything like that. I think that that's the piece, isn't it? It's what people define as creativity. And for me, I've always assumed that being creative is because my mom is very artistic. So she paints and draws and does decoupage and folk art. She used to sell those pieces and market. So I look at that and I'm like, oh, I'm not creative at all. I don't do any of that. But you're right when it comes to something like writing or even in your example of cooking, that's still a creative outlet, right? Because you're creating something. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it's mm. the creation of something. Um, yeah, so I guess when I want to tap into my creativity, mm. I don't know what I do. What do you do? <laughs> well, what I'm finding is really interesting on week two of The Artist's Way is they talk about, she talks about, I forget the author's name, that's awful, but Julie anyway. Cameron. Julie Cameron t- teaches that, Creativity is a channel. It's an open communion communion with the universe and with source. And it can be, and it definitely caters to all of the Virgo and Capricorn in my chart, it can be a dedicated practice. The more that you show up, the more you access that channel and the more naturally creativity will flow for you. So I've been doing my morning pages, George, and that has been naturally kind of eliminating the tabs in my brain. I've been repeating the affirmations connected to creativity and allowing the noise and the clutter of my mind to kind of clear out to make way for the channel. The creative channel is yet to open yet, (laughs) but I'm hoping that it will. Did it in your experience of completing The Artist's Way? Yeah. To be honest with you, I did The Artist's Way when I was 18, so I don't really remember. Um, But, yeah, when I do morning pages now or just free writing, it um, definitely opens up the channel for sure. Mm, Yeah, mm, Cool. And the other thing that I've realised is there was an activity that she gets us to do, us, the collective, where you write down all of the creative outlets you used to enjoy when you were younger, and that could be literally horse riding or rock climbing or she kind of alludes to hobbies as creative as well. And so I wrote this long list of all the things I used to enjoy doing just for pure joy And I was confronted by how many of those I haven't done in years and years, like musical theatre or going and watching a stand-up comedian and and those sorts of things that we put on the back burner, but when we do them, we feel more inspired to create ourselves. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, mm. it's 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 interesting, isn't it? Because I wonder whether being in self-isolation has made people feel um, restricted when it comes to their creativity or it's actually enhanced their creativity because they've got to get creative with ways in which they can entertain themselves. Absolutely. And there have been some really cool small business initiatives like uh, the Pinot and Picassos. I ordered one of their art boxes. And so they send out three easels and paint and paintbrushes. And then you can go on one of their lives and paint from home. There's there's some really cool pivots that are happening in creative industry that are allowing easier access, I think, to being able to get hands-on creative at home. Yeah, that's great. Do they send you a bottle of Pinot as well? No, but they sent a $100 voucher to Naked Wines. $100? Yeah, but I think you've got to spend a certain amount to, you know, oh, claim it. Yeah. Still, okay. that's all right. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah. Um, creativity as an energy, George, how do we cultivate the energy of creativity? <laughs> what the fuck question is that? Aren't you Julie Cameron right now? <laughs> Um, okay, no I'm going to reframe the question. Okay. I'm going to reframe. So the energy of creativity, Jod, where does that reside in our <laughs> <Sorry>. chakras? <laughs> I can't answer that one. <laughs> so I feel like it's really important that we talk about the chakras in this episode, Jod. <laughs> chakras in every episode <laughs> I just love the chakras so much <laughs> okay yeah do you want me to reframe yeah 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 I okay. got it now. okay so if you were a chakra <laughs> yeah where would you house creativity <laughs> well if I was the sacral chakra I would house it there and if I was the other chakras I'd be like oh sacral chakra hugging all the creativity <laughs> If you were a chakra. <laughs> okay, so what I'm hearing is that the sacral chakra houses creativity. Yeah. <laughs> so how do we activate the sacral from a well, creative standpoint? Well, I actually think from any standpoint, like getting up and putting on some music and moving your hips is the perfect way to activate the sacral chakra. Beautiful. And the more that we activate that energy, is it that the more creative we will feel? Is that how it works? Um, I think it's about opening yourself up to creativity. I don't think it's like, oh, I better just do the hula hoop for a while so that I can finish <laughs> writing that essay. You know, I yeah. think it's like, yeah. I think it's opening yourself up to your creative potential. Yes. And also uh, noticing where you have stories and shortcomings around I'm not creative I'm not an artist I can't do this and uh even like times in your upbringing in childhood because everything stems back to childhood trauma apparently in my life at the moment where it's like when you were told that you're not a singer or you're not a performer or you're not a this and noticing that that's actually projection and story and you can create just for the joy of it It doesn't mean you have to make it you don't have to be the best Mm, or you don't have to with that me too, really badly. Yeah. I struggle. It's like you don't actually have to make it into a career. You can create for the sake of creating and for the pure joy of it and that be it. Yeah. Yeah, ah. and that's that's important. There's actually a business up here in Byron called Mud Play and Ooh. she used to hold clay workshops every Friday in her house and um, you could take like just – it's a limited group number. So you could do all your friends or you could just go as an individual and meet other people. And she gives you some clay and you, you sit there and you make it and you drink some wine and you have some food. She cooks dinner for everyone. Oh, my God. And then now that we're in ISO, it's gone online. So she sends the clay kits out to you Amazing. and you can do it online. And I've really yeah. wanted to do it. And she's been saying to me, come on, come on, come on. I am so terrible at clay. Like I am so terrible at it. But I do love the feeling of clay in my hands. But the mm. idea of not being able to um, produce something that I'm proud of has just really turned me off it. Stifled you. Mm. Will you do it anyway, though? I might do it when it's back in the physical world. I don't really want to get clay in my house. Fair call. Are there star signs? I mean, the obvious answer is yes, but let's talk about them. 
The <laughs> Holly's yes, Holly, just interviewing herself today. <laughs> uh, that are more creatively inclined, like naturally creative than others. Yeah, definitely. So, for instance, like Lib- Librans see the beauty in things, so I assume that that would come more naturally to them? I think so, but I think um, innately the more creative signs are the water signs. Of course, because yeah. they're feeling. Yeah, um, and... They just, they, they sort of care, they they care more. I think that's where the creativity comes from. I think the earth signs get very stifled with their creativity. Mm -hmm. I think that fire signs are very performative with their creativity. Mm -hmm. And I think that air signs are way too analytical with their creativity. That's a really good point. So the water signs are the creative ones. Yeah, I think so. Like, think about the water signs in your life. I mean, our mothers are both cancers and they're both super Oh, my God, that's such a good point. My dad, he's a musician. Yep, yep. Wow, interesting. I know. Um, Oh, God, all of the cancerians I know play a musical instrument or sing. There you go. That's such a good point. I never have thought of this before, Jordan. Well, I'm a good ideas person. <laughs> and you're really pretty. What about um, planet placements? Is, are there any planets that govern creativity more than others? Jesus hole. Um, <laughs> Soz. Yeah, Neptune, I guess. Ah. And maybe, what are the planets? Um, I, I guess maybe Venus in terms of like, sure. yeah, actually definitely Venus, definitely Venus. Really so in cool. that respect, then Taurus and Libra would be more creative than their other counterparts. Fascinating. Yeah. This is really interesting. But I guess it doesn't matter the placements. At the end of the day, we've all got innate creativity and it's just allowing ourselves to tap into the uniqueness of that yeah. and not doing it for anyone else. Totally. And you brought it up before, but um, if you haven't read Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic, then I highly recommend reading or listening to the audiobook for that because – it's a really beautiful way of looking at creativity. Yeah, it's a channel that flows. It's a, it honestly is. It's another channel. It's accessing a portal of intuition and trust, uh, which we were talking about at the beginning. So if you really do want to hone in on faith and trust, having some kind of creative practice right now is actually going to really strengthen strengthen that. What blocks your creativity? Ah, um, getting up in my head and thinking it's not good enough thinking I have to share it always, especially when I'm writing my poetry. I'll write something and then I'll go, oh, no one's going to want to read that, so it's bad. It's like no one has to read it holes. And I guess that's the performative piece of my chart as well. It's like it's got to be great and it's got to move people and if it's not shareable, then it's shit. So I really am hypercritical, I guess, of my work. Uh, But it's interesting when I when I am playing creatively, like when I'm doing uh, Pinot and Picasso painting with my girlfriends and it's not for anything, I feel like I'm more creative then because there's no, like I'm uninhibited, you know? Is that the alcohol? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and being around friends that yeah. you can just have a laugh and take the piss. Yeah. yeah. See, How about I actually, you? well, funnily enough, like I find my creativity when I'm on my own a lot easier to access than around other people because I'm constantly thinking about what they're thinking of my creativity and am I being creative enough for them and am I being judged on this? And that's just my over-analytical mind going at 100 miles an hour. Um, So blocking my creativity is, well, when I force it, if I'm not feeling particularly creative and that happens to me often, then I just don't force it anymore. I can't – if the channel's not open, it's not open. Um, yeah. the other thing is that will block my creativity is if I question it too much and I get too Virgo moon about it and try and be a perfectionist with it, which mm. I try and do, which I try not to do, but I do do often. Um, that will happen a lot with my writing. So I try not to read over stuff until I've finished writing for the day because I can just spend the whole time rereading you know analyzing yeah totally yeah I I wonder how hard it is for writers on deadlines to access channel especially where you're at now Jord I mean not to put the pressure on you but you you are you're on a deadline right now but you've got to be creative yeah I've only got two weeks left and I've got to be creative and I also like I said before I've I've kind of burnt myself out so I'm actually really struggling yeah, it. it's really hard, and I don't think I'm alone here. Like, I think this is quite a common plight for 
anyone in creative fields, whether you're writing a book or, you know, a screenplay or perhaps you're about to start filming a movie or whatever mm. it is, or, you know, you've got an art show and you're on a deadline. Um, and I don't think we can force the creativity, but I do also think that unless you want to just be a struggling artist for the rest of your life, you have to have some sort of um, practical routine, you know. I feel like this is where your Virgo moon or an earth placement of some kind is actually a saving grace because you do have to have, I remember when I studied writing in uni and all of the writers were like, you've just got to get up and write and you've got to have your hours of writing in the morning and it doesn't matter if nothing comes or if something comes, you've got to be in that habit. So it is creating some kind of routine and structure, especially I guess if creativity is your, uh, not just an outlet for you, but also your career and your job. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting because I, I often think, you know, like, because we have the field of creative writing and then we have like writing an essay or writing a nonfiction book or whatever it might be, where there's not as much creative freedom, it's still a creative pursuit. Do you know totally, what I mean? Totally, totally. Yeah. Mm, I think that maybe gets muddied up a little bit sometimes. Mm, I agree. I agree. Um, okay. So I guess, I guess the point of the conversation is to just acknowledge the areas where you can step more into creativity because when you are being creative, that lends itself to flow, intuition, inspiration, and a lot of high vibrational energy. So it's not just about painting the painting or writing the poem. You're actually accessing these incredible frequencies that are going to help you through this period of uncertainty, which is the purpose of having this conversation, right, George? Yeah, absolutely. So, George, we've got our weekly wine night this Wednesday in the middle membership, and we also have our monthly group call next Monday. So this time next week, and we're talking all things twin flames and soulmates, which is going to be so exciting. Uh, and as we mentioned at the beginning of the app, the wine nights have quickly become our favorite night of the week. It's so much fun. We'd love to see you in there. So if you're feeling like you want to jump on with some like-minded soul sisters, please do. The information is in our Facebook group and also in the link in our bio on Instagram. You've been listening to The Middle with your hosts, Holly Azapati and Jordana Levine. Join us on Facebook. Just search The Middle Podcast. And while you're there, maybe join us in The Middle membership as well. We'd love to see you in wine night this week. Also, jump on Instagram. You can find us at the underscore middle underscore podcasts. Until next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.